Bungee Jump ist nichts. Heute gehen wir Bergsteigen. Ich war doch schon auf einigen Bergtouren. Doch jede neue Tour fordert von einem extrem viel Mut. Denn du weißt nie genau, was dich erwartet. Doch wollt ihr ein Geheimnis wissen? Den Mut hole ich mir von da oben. Hi Church. Have you seen that bungee jumping and he looks straight in the camera? I said, how in the world are you doing that? It's unreal, unreal. He jumped. The new series, you make me brave. Yeah, you make me brave. We start a brand new series, and before we go in, into the Word of God, I want to start with a prayer. A new series means a new topic from God for us as a church. Father God, thank you so much for this amazing evening. You said when two or three people are together, you're in the midst here, and you will touch us. You know our longings, you know our desires, you know our challenges. And I just want to ask you right now, you are my best friends, you are the healer, you can transform certain things. Sometimes I'm stuck in a situation, but you have the amazing solution. And I'm so thankful, I'm so pumped that you are my best friend, Jesus, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We start with a guy, his name is Moses. And that's why I have a staff in my hand. Because there are two positions which can be in the, in the presence of God. Either we are on the knees and saying, God, forgive me, I have sinned. Or we're standing and saying, God, here I am, send me, use me. Either on the knees or on the feet, send me or forgive me. Both you can see in the life of Moses. One day God asked him, he was 80 years old, he was uh, leading the sheep. God asked him after 80 years a question, Exodus chapter 4 verse 2. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. Just pause for a moment, why is God asking Moses what is in your hand? Most could say, God, this is a staff. This is my identity. I'm a shepherd boy. This is my income. Without the sheep, I have nothing to eat. And that's my influence. With this step, I will lead the sheep. He could say that. And I heard many, many messages exactly about that topic. And I sat down this week and said, God, why you ask this question, Moses? After 80 years. I mean, you're not blind. You see everything, you know everything. Why are you asking such a deep, profound question? And it was like God was talking to me and said, Leo, just think for a moment about the name of Moses. The name of Moses means pulled out of the water. The first 40 years, God pulled him out of certain situations, put him in an amazing house. But The name of Moses means also the guy, the one who pulls, the one who pulls people, the one who pulls. And when he failed, he ran away. And God asked Moses, what's in your hand? And Moses actually maybe said, a failure. That's my sin, God. That's not my calling. 
I run away because I failed. And I've became a shepherd boy out of failure. Have you ever made wrong decisions in your life? You're looking back in your life and you're regretting and God asks you the question, what's in your hand? And you say, God, I managed my failure. I managed my sins. I've, I am right now in a situation. It's not my sweet spot. It's not my calling. It's not my anointing. In my hand, God, it's my failure. God, in my hand is sin. God, in my hand, I run away from your presence. This was actually the question of God to Moses. And God said to Moses in the second verse, verse 3, the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and became a snake, and he ran from it. Let's see what he's done. He threw the staff on the ground. Are you ready? One, two, three. And he turned into a snake. Woo! That's magic in the church. Woo! In a snake. Have you ever thought about why a snake? And here's one word in this Bible text. When Moses saw the snake, he ran away. Moses is actually a runner. He ran away two times. When he killed a person in Egypt, he was afraid they will kill me. He ran away. He pulled himself out of the presence of God. Here again, he said, God, I lay down my failure. I laying down my mistakes. God, I laying down my identity. Whenever you're laying down your life, the devil as a snake will attacking you. The devil tries to bite you. The devil tries to kill you. When he saw, I want to turn back to God, the devil is always involved in your decisions. He will do everything to bite you. That's why Moses said, I don't want to die. And he tried to run away. God said, stop. Why is saying, God, stop? God is saying, take the snake. And here in the next Bible verse, verse 4. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hands and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and he turned back into a staff in his hand. Have you ever took a snake? You never Grab a snake by the tail. Look at this. Why not? You can't control it. It's dangerous. The snake will bite you. You see this? You don't do that. It's dangerous. You don't control the snake. God is saying to Moses, let go your control. Let go your own plans. Let it go. You grab a snake always by the head like this. And you control it. And God is saying actually to Moses, let it go. Let go your failures. Let go your sin. Let go your control. Trust me that I am your God, the God of a new beginning, the God who puts you in the place of your anointing of the sweet spot. And all of a sudden, it changed again to a staff. But from that moment on, to the whole Bible is mentioned. It was not a staff. It was, it became the staff of God. The staff of God was leading and guiding Moses to the whole of his life. And let's go to four situations where everybody here right now, you will face certain situations when God is leading and guiding you. You're facing those four situations. Point number one, act despite doubting yourself. Why was Moses doubting? 
God said, go to Egypt, go to the Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Moses replied in verse 10. But Moses said to the Lord, please, Lord. The please, Lord, was like a shout. Of cry. Please, Lord, be serious. There are five reasons I have never been a good speaker, God. I know you will find somebody better. They will not listen to me. I don't know even really who are you. I don't have a picture from you. Your name is very windy. Yahweh is like It's like wind. A very windy name. And I'm not a good leader. Have you ever had this moment where God is calling you in a certain thing and you say, God, are you serious? You want to kidding me? God, I am not the one. I am weak. I'm not qualified. So many times you think I'm disqualified. I don't have what it takes to for the next step. The shoes of God, they're always too big. When God is challenging you for another level, the shoe has never your size. It's always extra, 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 extra large. You know how God is calling you? If the shoe is too extra, extra large, that's always the calling of God. And then you say, oh God, I'm disqualified. 365 times, God is saying to you and me, I am with you. Monday, Tuesday, I am with you. Wednesday, I am with you. Was only three times. 365 times. God is saying to Moses, the staff of God, my presence is leading and guiding you in all the different situations. Read an amazing quote uh, last week from Thomas Kempis. He said, don't think so much about who is for or against you. Rather spend all of your worrying on the thought that God is with you wherever you are. Come on, that's an amazing quote. That's a good one for social media. 1,000 likes in three minutes. Um, I had actually this situation in this week. Like one year ago, uh, I tried to make the, the motorcycle test in Switzerland, and I failed. But I'm a winner guy. I'm not used of losing. I failed. I said to myself, yeah, okay, the expert was a lady. Maybe she was angry that I was already married. That's why I failed. <laughs> and then the second time, one month later, was a guy. I failed the second time as well. Because it was a boy. He was jealous that I have a woman. I don't know. I just failed twice. And I have to be honest, well, it was not easy for me. Because since 10 years, every summer, I'm doing a Harley Davidson trip around the Rocky Mountains. And I, I don't know how many curves I drive already. And a very good motor, motorbike, motorcycle is. I failed. I trained for one year. And the last Wednesday, I had the test number three. You say, what's the problem of the test number three? 
if you fail for the first to the third time in Switzerland, you have to go to a psychologist. But I'm a pastor. And that's another story. I don't know anybody in my friends around me that failed three times. And I felt, oh, maybe I'm the first guy. You know, in my small groups, they always remind me, oh, Pastor Leo, you failed three times. You're not a failure, but you failed. And I said to God, God, you please help me. You know, my small group, you know, the people in my church, my reputation will be the joke of the, of the motorcycle test forever. Please help me. And I felt to myself, maybe I'm the first guy who failed three times. And I was so nervous. And then my wife, she gave me an amazing Bible verse. And this Bible verse, it's so theologically so complex. For that Bible verse, you have to study at least 10 years in a Bible school to understand the meaning of the Bible text. She gave me a Bible text with me for the test, and the Bible test was, I am with you. I know it's very complex. I am with you. The same thing like God said to Moses, I am with you. The staff of God is leading you. I am with you. Because so many times you're getting nervous. We think, I don't have what it takes. God is saying to you, I'm with you. By the test, the guy asked me, are you nervous? I said, I'm flipping nervous. I was not able to sleep the whole night because my friends. And I made it. I made it. I made it. You know what was my strategy? I said to myself, behind my bike is not the expert, it's Jesus. And I give Jesus the best ride ever. I just want to say to you, so many times you think I'm not the right guy, not the right person. God is saying to you, don't get nervous. The staff of God, the presence of God is leading and guiding you. And God is the one. He will never leave you and forsaken you. In Exodus chapter 20, God is saying, so Moses took his wife and the son and put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hands. Here is the staff of God again. Point number two, act, despise resistance. Resistance. Can you imagine when Moses was in front of the Pharaoh? There were two million of slaves. The Israelites were, they were slaves for two years. Two, for, no, two million Israelites, they were slaves. They built all the houses and everything for free as slaves. And Moses comes like, Pharaoh, I have a good news for you. He said, what's the good news? The good news is, let my people go. You will, you build your house by yourself. Let the people go. Free people, let them go. Build your house by yourself. What do you think about that message? Pharaoh said, what's wrong with you? I will never ever let those people go. And Moses said, the presence of God is with me. It's not a game. God is with me. He will never leave me or forsaking me. And here's the point. Ten times Pharaoh said no. Ten times no means ten times people around you starts to doubt. 
Ten times people say, are you sure God called you to do that? Are you sure your life is right in the eyes of God? Are you sure you're walking, you're acting in faith? Are you sure? There are moments in our lives when nobody around us believes in your calling. Nobody believes in your dreams. Nobody believes in your anointing. There are moments in your life you stand in the presence of God and say, I am born for that moment. Even when people are not supporting me, even when people are not believing me, I believe that's my calling. You and God Alone, There are moments when the presence of God is everything you can grab and hold and believe. God, you will never leave me or forsaking me. It's too big. The number 10 means, a Google number 10 means change. When somebody's resisting you 10 times, mean God is changing something around your life. About 10 years ago, I went to a business guy and asked this guy, you know, I think it's time for us to build a new home for us, the church coming home. Ten years ago was on a Wednesday afternoon. And a guy said to me, what, what will it be? If you build a building from Monday to Friday, you're renting out to businesses. On Sunday, you will use it for yourself. It will be like an event center where the world and the church are connected somehow. I said, that's a smart idea. Let's do that. I will fill the Sunday and you fill out the rest of the week. And I asked him, how long will it take to build a building like that? He said to me, 10 years. I said, no, no, that's not 10 years. If God Almighty, God is speeding up things, at least four years. I said, no, Leo, 10 years. Just look around in the city of Zurich. Is there any event building built the last 20 years? I said, no. He said, you see, it's very complex in Switzerland. All the government and the land and everything. He said, 10 years. I said to him, I don't believe you. Because I'm a pastor, I'm a believer. He said to me, 10 years. I will never forget about two years after that, we had meetings about where is a piece of land and I will never forget, we had so many meetings. We invested the best architects in the city. We even we asked the, the, the owner of the city, is there a piece of land whom we can buy and build? It took us three years to find a piece of land. And I will never forget, I was in a restaurant, and there was the map of Zurich, and I said to God, God, you make me really angry. You are saying you're leading the church. You're the CEO of the church. But I want to ask, is this so difficult for you? Just thread out the finger. You can point with your finger on the map and say, here is the piece of land. We will save so much time, so much energy, so much money. God, this is so not a big deal for you. Why are you so quiet? Do you have some situation like this? Why are you so quiet? Why are you not speaking to me, God? God, I'm seeking you. I want to do your will. But why are you so quiet? I asked God this question. No answer. You know why? God knows when he points his finger, shows us the land, good, and we're doing our own things. God is so interested in having a relationship. It took us years and years and years to find a piece of land. It took us two years to get the permission from the government. Two years that the government said yes. Last Friday, 10 years later, 
We built the last piece of the roof of the Samsung Hall, and we say when you have built the roof on the building, that means the building is almost finished. And this is history for me as a church, because in the 10 years, I could run away. I could run away because I saw so many people in the church that run away from God, they run away from the church, they run away from the family, they run away from the kids, they run away from their ministries, they run away from the small group. Just, it took so long to say, God, I cannot wait anymore. I'm not sure if you're real and they run away. But the true fish stay and grab the staff of God. And says, for everything, there's a timing of God. It's not in my hand. But my job is to stay, hold and grab the staff of God. Let's see the clip where the rest piece of the roof were built last Friday night. They have even to close the street. Nobody was there, but our film team was filming everything for you. Come on, when you stay, God will do a miracle. Just stay, don't run away. Ten, number 10 means change, and this building will change our ministry as a church as well. The point number three is act despise challenges. No, act despise obstacles, sorry. Exodus chapter 13, verse 18, so God led the people around by the desert roads toward the Red Sea. It was actually not the fastest way. It was actually a longer route. Why has God doing that? God puts the people of God in a dead end road. I want to explain this with the blackboard. Here is the sea and two million people in front of the sea. That means they have also their animals, the kids, around two million people. Behind them was Egypt. They know we, we're not able to go back anymore. If we are going to back, that means we will be slave again and they will kill us. The challenge number two was, if you're going on the right-hand side, there is the land of Goshen. They don't like us as well. And when we're going to Goshen, they will kill us too. Here is killing and here is killing. If we're going on the left-hand side, here is an endless desert. Endless means no water, no grocery store, no food. That means even when we walk, we will be dead in three days. This is like a dead-end situation. Have you ever faced a dead-end situation? Whatever you do, it's wrong. 
There's no options anymore. Maybe you have a bad doctor report or you're losing your job or your husband is saying to the other, leaving you. You have like a dead-end situation. Every dead-end situation, it's for God a platform. A glad platform for God doing signs and miracles. In this dead-end, it's the same position. Don't get nervous. The staff of God is with you. Signs and miracles are following you. The God Almighty is with you. And God said to Moses in verse 16, raise your staff. In the German-speaking Bible says, raise the staff of God. Raise the staff of God. Use whatever is in your hand. And God is saying to you, if you're in a dead-end situation, don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. Grab the staff of God and trust that God somehow will do a miracle. We produced a clip to explain you, even crossing the sea was an amazing miracle. But after they cross the sea comes the question, what they will drink? Who will bring the food? There is no grocery stores. There is no kitchen. There is no fire. There is no wood. And everything, God had an amazing solution to bless the people of God. Let's see the solutions of God. When Moses left Egypt with people of Israel, he was accompanied by two million camping friends and a whole bunch of animals. Of course, they took up a lot of space. There was, however, enough of that in the desert, but other problems kept on creeping up. They needed place for a camping site. Then the people needed food. An immense amount of food. This corresponds to a three kilometer long cargo train. And to prepare the food a fire was needed. And firewood, mountains of it. Our cargo train is getting longer. This corresponds to an 8.5 kilometer long train. And so that the camping friends did not die of thirst, Moses needed 8,000 cubic meters of water a day. What a logistic challenge! Then the Israelites reached the Red Sea. But how should they get to the other side or through it? especially since they were under time pressure with the army just behind them. If they walked orderly, two by two, they could get through pretty much anywhere with this width. But the line would be too long. And they would have to walk off 35 days and nights. That's not so practical. Another idea would be to stand in lines of thousand people. A bit wide and space is needed on the left and right, but the line is not so long. This way everybody would manage to go through the Red Sea in one night. And that is how it happened. Come on, I like it. It's amazing. You know what I like about the dead end situation? 
You don't know how God will do a miracle, but he will do a miracle. God let, let it rain every day, manna bread from heaven. That means no cooking, praise the Lord. No cleaning, praise the Lord. No grocery store, hallelujah. Every day fresh manna bread from heaven. Otherwise, they will be in a very, very bad situation. Whenever you're facing a dead end situation, I will promise you, God provides, God leads, God gives you a breakthrough, but our job is like Moses, grab the staff of God, grab the presence of God, don't get nervous. I wanna close with the last thought. Act despise challenges. Exodus chapter 17 verse nine, Moses said to Joshua, choose of our men and go out and fight to the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on the hill with the staff of God in my hands. And I believe God has spoken to many people right now. I think a lot of people have to hear the message right now. You are nervous. You try to run away. You have no clue how and when should the miracles take place in my life. The message is the staff of God was with Moses to the end of his life. Like a symbolic staff means the presence of God is with you. The presence of God is leading you. The presence of God is guiding you. The presence of God will overwhelming you with everything you need in your life. What's in your hands? What is in your hand? What is in your hand? Things you're regretting? Failures? Mistakes? When God says, throw it on the ground. For some people, you are very strong in your life. You're building your life on your identity. And even sometimes God is saying, even what you're good at, lay it down. And God will use it for his kingdom. Let's pray together and let's close our eyes. I want to pray two prayers. Maybe you're here, you have never given your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're a backslidden Christian. Maybe you have run away in your life and you grabbed wrong things. If this is you, I want to ask you to pray a prayer with me to say, thank you, Jesus. You are my creator. I have failed. And I want to ask you for forgiveness. Jesus, I invite you in my life. And from this very moment, I belong to you. I'm yours forever. The Bible says, if you pray this prayer, you're born again, you belong to the family of God. Your staff is changing into the staff of God. God, you see us as a church, you see every individual, you see our challenges. You know our obstacles, our dead ends in our life. You see our faults so many times we're doubting about the way we are, doubting about the anointing you've given us, we're doubting about the gifts you have put inside of us. And God, I, I don't want to look at my, at my outside. I don't want to look at my qualities. And right now, God, I want to grab your presence. I want to grab you, Jesus. I will never let you go, and I will not run away. I stand firm, bold, strong. I take position 
in every obstacles, in every challenge, I know God, you are the God of signs and miracles. You promise you will make me brave. You will make me brave. Fear is not my friend. Fear will not lead in guiding me. Mistakes is not my future. It's your forgiveness. It's your endless grace. I position myself right now in every situation you put me in. I trust in the Lord God Almighty. I trust in your presence. I trust in your grace. I trust in your goodness. I trust God Almighty. You make me pray. Trust you make me pray. Let's sing this song, church. You sing it out of your heart, out of the spirit, in your situation. He makes me strong. 